0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Hello, welcome to Roar to Win. Uh, this is Michelle Nagel, your host, and our guest today is Joy Passy, who is the rebel business coach and founder of Joy Prosperity Coaching. She's a New York University certified organizational and organizational <laughs> and executive coach and an Institute of Social and Emotional Intelligence certified coach who uses theater techniques to help entrepreneurs monetize their passion. Combining Joy's creative mind with her business knowledge fosters a fun and unique approach to helping people discover new possibilities for themselves and create the lifestyle they've always dreamt about. So welcome, Joy. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. So I'm really intrigued by what is a social and emotional intelligence certified coach.
1: Oh, so, yeah, so social and emotional. So a lot of people have probably heard about emotional intelligence. That's uh, being self-aware, understanding that your thoughts, your feelings, just being connected to yourself. Also, awareness. This is where the social part comes in, the awareness of how other people are viewing you or reacting with you. It's understanding how to communicate with people, uh, understanding you know, the audience that you're with, and um, just basically just how to function and improve your relationships with yourself and then with others. Wonderful. Yeah. Same. Well, relationships is everything, right? So oh, absolutely. If, if
0: you can't manage that, you can't manage a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you have to self-regulate, but then also you have to be able to, uh, when you're in those intense moments, how to communicate with somebody else about what you're thinking and trying to open up. Uh, thought and possibility as opposed to just being angry and starting to fight and knowing when to like back away And maybe taking a moment or having a breathing space or something like that. So it's all of like Just dealing with all of that emotional stuff because we are human beings and we all have emotions that we have to regulate And you can't regulate it unless you identify it
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, really. So tell me a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, so I'm originally from the Seattle, Washington area. I grew up in a small town north of Seattle, and I grew up as a dancer. So I was the artist in the in the family. I'm the youngest of five. I'm a bit younger than my siblings. And so I always wanted to like, you know, my little town couldn't hold me because back then Seattle wasn't like the big city it is today. Uh I always felt it was like very backwards. Plus, just growing up in a small town, you know, I wanted like Broadway or, you know, LA or something like that. So it was either LA or New York and I ended up coming to New York and hit the ground running and I started a theater company. I I consciously made a decision to not pursue dancing. I did get professional gigs in Seattle, but, um, you know, dancing is a really hard profession. It's like the hardest physically, Uh but you get at the time you got like no pay so so i started a theater company and you know we got grants and things like that because we were nonprofit. and i and i um i got out of school i skipped college and just moved here so it was like the greatest experience i ever did because when you have your own company you have to learn how to do everything and when you're kind of young and naive like the whole world is a possibility you know, when you get older, it's like, you know, you know more stuff. Uh, <laughs> it can kind of hold you back But uh-huh. so when you're young. And, and I actually ended up meeting this woman in um, like an audition class. And we just really wanted to do work for, by, for, and about women. And so we ended up just starting this company and got grants and do fundraising. I, had to, I was the managing director, too, so I had to understand uh, how to work with people, how to do budgets, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm naturally half artist, half business person. So that just really fit well with me, and then I ended up producing and directing and all these other things with music groups and in New York. So I, and then on top of that, as most artists, I also had like a gazillion different types of jobs. And so at the time, it was really interesting. At the time, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you're so scattered. You're just everywhere. You like in all these different uh, areas and these different fields." But Turning a negative into a positive, I found that now that I'm older and I'm doing business coaching, that it's actually been the most beneficial experience for me because I have experience in a vast array of industries And I have all different types of experiences. So I'm able to be like, hey, you know what? You could use this or this or you can meet that person and you can connect with this. So I'm really good at making connections between where people, most people don't see connections. I'm like, oh, you two would be really good or you two would... And I was always really good at like connecting people and bringing those ideas together. And I think that that's where a lot of innovation comes from. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm also one of those people that uh, is a big visionary. I've always been that person it's interesting because as you get older you realize all the things that I'm doing now it's like they've always been there and it's one of the things that I when I talk to clients it's like look back if you're you know if you don't really know you're still trying to figure things out here look back to like when you're like eight or ten like what were some of the things that people commented about that maybe we saw as a negative but let's use it as a positive you know when uh, Oprah was younger her mom used to always talk about how she wanted to sit inside and read <laughs> <laughs> you no. know, and then she ended up, you know, or that she talked too much or something. So, you know, and it ended up being her best asset. So, uh, so it's kind of interesting how you could always turn a negative into a positive. Let it, you know, if you get lemons, you make lemonade, that whole philosophy. So that's kind of like to have the whole art background and the business background. And I had to reinvent myself. That's how I ended up going into coaching. My life just imploded in my, on me had uh, numerous deaths and a long difficult divorce and just, you know, everything just boom, 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 boom. It was one thing after another. And I had to reinvent myself and uh, learned how to be resilient. Uh, I've always been a little bit self-reliant, but that was really like, had days where I just didn't know how I was going to get out of bed. So, and a lot of people have that, you know, the older you get, there's going to be times where it's just really difficult and you feel like the life, you know, the world is against me and how do I go on? You know, if you're, ever feeling like Job in the Bible or something. And uh, you really, it's just one step at a time and uh, taking deep breaths sometimes.
0: It's like just getting through in those moments.
1: But, you know, here I am one step at a time.
0: <laughs> awesome. That is so, that is so <laughs> wonderful. So um, you said uh, in a note that you sent me that you had to rise from the ashes like a phoenix. So... Um, I really appreciate that you said that. So what steps did you take to rise from the ashes?
1: Oh, gosh, there's so many. Uh, well, here's like, you know, it's so funny. This one time uh, I had this, I was looking at different coaches to hire, and I had this uh, coach who gave like a 30-minute you know, free strategy session. And so she said to me, you've got nothing. I don't know what you're going to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did not hire that person. <laughs> When I say that, like, I had nothing, I mean, I had, thankfully, I was a saver, so in my 20s, I had some money that I could survive when I was older, but, like, I didn't have, you know, I didn't come, I had been out of, so when I was, when I was uh, married, my husband had worked, like, he traveled a lot, so it was, you know, so I got to the point where I quit my job for a few years, and so I had been out of the workforce for a little bit, uh-huh. And so I didn't have like corporate connections. I, I, you know, I had this artistic background, like what are you going to do with that? Uh, and I didn't, you know, I hadn't finished college, you know, so I didn't, ha- you know, so it was like all these things where I was just like, uh, you know, thankfully I was pretty healthy. You know, I had my issues at certain points, but I was pretty healthy. Uh-huh. And, um, so it was just, you know, the main thing that I found that was helpful was I went back to school. Uh huh. And it wasn't just the school that was healthy. It wasn't the education necessarily. It was that when my life was at the moment where it was the hardest, because my, my, after my parents died, then my family kind of fell apart. And, and then that's when my husband and I split. And, and so it's kind of interesting to see how things uh, kind of like evolved. But thankfully, I had already started school when that whole thing happened. And it forced me to get out of bed. And that was like the number one thing that you just if you can just get out of bed, if you can just have an accountability partner, if you go and you exercise, if you have somebody, if you get a trainer or somebody that's expecting you to show up and will be like, hey, you are to be here at sunset and we'll check on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have a roommate or something like that, maybe that can be helpful. Actually, having a pet could be helpful, too. But just having somebody that was going to hold me accountable and just say, you are to be here. And it, and it made me focus in a way so I didn't have to, you know, you have to take a break from all of the heartache and everything. So having something that was proactive, it wasn't like I was, you know, and I couldn't go out drinking and all that kind of stuff because, uh, because I had to get up and I had to do homework and I had, so it really helped to just like focus. So I always let people know, like, what can we focus on that, you know, you don't want to just suppress, you don't want to suppress your emotions, but you do need to have that thing that, that little passion, even if it's like, you know, I also do ceramics. So even if it's like you start doing an art project or something that could just kind of like, you need just that little seed to just get that snowball starting to roll. Um, There's a book called the power of habit, Charles, Doug Hill something like that is his name and there's a case study in there about a woman who uh she her life had imploded in on her and she got this idea that she wanted to climb this mountain and so the thing that she decided that she had to do like she was determined she had to quit smoking in order to climb this mountain so she quit smoking and then she ended up working out and then she ended up feeling better and she ended up Uh, She ended up losing weight and then she you know, then she got the better job and then she was able to get out of debt So it was like this one little change just kind of snowballed and just she made this huge progress Uh, So also it takes small steps Mm -hmm. as opposed to going from A to Z because most people want to go A to Z in one big leap (laughs) But it's the small little just moment by moment Sometimes, you know, I remember those moments where it's just like just take a breath like I'm just gonna just keep breathing yeah. yeah. There,
0: there have been times that I've just said, when somebody has said, how are you? I said, I'm, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and some days that has to be what you count. And I appreciate that you also mentioned um, having a pet because for me, um, especially recently, having to take the dog out first thing in the morning, it, it forces me to get up yeah. and then I don't go back to bed because then of course then I have to feed her and you know and then by then I'm awake, so I may as well do something. So something as simple as that is very helpful. Um so well so and they
1: love you no matter what, that's the thing. It's like that unconditional love. It's like at least somebody loves me. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: which is really helpful too. It makes it a little challenging if if you travel, but um I I really think that she has helped me a great deal. Um so so what did you personally choose? You said school was what you did that, that yeah. was what you did to start. Okay. So how did you rebuild your self-confidence?
1: Oh, well, you know, I, as a, when I was younger, I actually was very good in school. So that was one of the benefits of going back. And when I went back to school, I, so my husband had, he had a new desire for teenage girls. Oh. Uh, and it was one of the, yeah. So I was in school with women that he was now with. And it was, that was really awkward. Uh, and then they would be like, oh, well, my mom said that. And I'd be like, okay, now I'm like, they're saying about their mom. So there was, there was a really hard time where I was dealing with age. Uh huh. And, uh, but I think it was just, well, that at that time, I think like, I was already there. I was already enrolled and I had to just you know, you have to take a look at who you are and, and what your strengths are and what your what your weaknesses are and that was really a, a kind of a dent in my ego. Uh-huh. Um but you know, you can't do anything about age. Uh it is what it is. And um so I would just wow, so the self confidence, you know what it was? It was just I had to relearn how to write a paper. Uh And I had to ask. Um, So one of the things was just knowing that one little thing that I always, I was always the smart one growing up. Uh Of course, at the time when I had to relearn how to write a paper, I knew that I had the ability to write a paper. So if there's any, so for me, it's like finding that one little thing that uh, like I knew I could be good at it, even though it felt really awkward. And I didn't have another option really at that time. That was like the only thing that I could do. And I just, just kept showing up and that just slowly, but surely uh, forced me to just, you know, it's that same thing with the progress. And I actually had a, a teacher, when I was like, told her basically how old I was, and she was like, "Oh, you look really good." So I was like, "Oh, you know, I took I took every compliment that I could find." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank you." And then once they realized that I wasn't, what are they, eighteen, you know, nineteen year old, that it was like, "Oh, okay, well, let's help you with this." And uh, so sometimes it was very awkward. Because, uh, you know, also my life was changing. I didn't have a lot of close friends and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it changes when you're not a couple.
0: And, oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah.
1: So with the confidence, it was just, you know, you either sink or swim in some things. And I just, I think a part of it was just I had determination that there was a better life for me. Like, I just remember thinking, like, like how did I get here? Because it was a huge blow on my ego because I came from the good family. You know, I was a smart one. Uh, you know, I had moved to New York and I moved out of my little town. And so there was a lot of, I had a lot of, um, self self analysis I had to go through a lot of like, I can't believe my life turned out like this. Like what a mess is that? Like, how did I get here? But Uh I always was like, I'm a good person. (laughs) I'm a good person. Like I knew that like, I deserved better than this. Uh And then one time it hit me where all of the um, the negativity in the marriage I thought I don't have to put up with this anymore like I had the power to choose my life now like I had all of these opportunities now in some ways it's like oh my god I have all these opportunities now but it's like oh, oh my god I have all these opportunities now so it depends on how you look at it right and yeah. then when I changed my perception of, of the situation and I was like I can start new I can start new and I'm gonna, you know, take this class and these classes this semester. Like that's all. Like I, I kind of knew I was gonna, you know, I got my degree in creative writing, not the most like what people would say would be uh, <laughs> something that would be like you walk you walk out with like a good job or anything in creative uh-huh. writing. Uh, I ended up getting my master's, uh, but uh, and I think it's just like that little piece of like seeing what was good in me and knowing that I deserve better. And a lot of times, you know, you got to go, you have to get rid of all of that clutter before you can get that surprise. You know, you have to go through like a diamond, you know, a diamond doesn't look full bright and shining when they find it. all so, you know, it's like, it doesn't look like a piece of rock or something. So right. you kind of have to get rid of all that. And then in order to shine. So right. I think for me, it was just, uh, you know, I, Just showing up was the first thing, and then taking. (laughs) You know, I had people I could ask for help, and I think that's a huge thing, especially for women. They don't like to ask for help. Well, and men, Um, especially men. Uh, So I think that's another thing: is when you're building confidence or building a sense of of resiliency or anything. If you have to rebuild yourself or uh, you want to make things, you want to get to the next level. You're going to have to say, "Hey." This is what I'm looking for. Can you help me in any way? And just have a discussion about it and really asking for help and not doing it in a way where, oh, I'm this poor, pathetic person. Because I feel like a lot of people, whoops, I just (laughs) knocked my thing. I feel like a lot of people, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you. Yeah. Okay.
1: I feel like a lot of people feel like help isn't helpless, but it's really looking for somebody to support whatever you want to manifest.
0: Right. Do you think it's a lot of, um, it sounds like it's really important not to compare oneself, which we have a tendency to do, especially with social media and everything. Of course, the only thing people post on Facebook are like their (laughs) son is just, um, the only thing that people post on Facebook is like all their, their wonderful, glorious things. You know, they don't post their disasters as a general rule. Yeah. Um, those people who do post their disasters, we tend to kind of unfollow <laughs> because we don't want to hear about it. But um, to stop comparing ourselves to other people and
1: yeah.
0: also that having was- a, a focus, it sounds like um, keeping your eye on the end goal. Yeah, because, because being in a, a circumstance with um, being, a, excuse the the phrase, an older woman amongst all of those teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that would be a tremendous blow to your self-confidence, especially since that was who you were rejected for. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So it was rather comical. I mean, I laugh about it now, but at the time I was like, Oh, it was just like, I can't believe it. Um, yeah. But you know, it's, Older and wiser, so there are certain things where it's like I can't believe, because I like that at that age. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but definitely having that focus, focusing on the goal that you want, the objective that you want, and just going for it. And I think when you're, you know, the great thing is when you are in that situation where there's nowhere but up. <laughs> you know, it's like you either gonna die or you're gonna like move forward and focus on whatever whatever it is that you want. And there is a certain level of just effort you know, it's just like, you don't have any other options. It's just like, okay, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Because, you know, my life is in shambles. It's like, there's only one way but up. And it's like, it forces you into action, it forces you into into trying new things, it forces you into, you know, it's like if you're running out of money or something, you're like, okay, I have to get creative. How am I going to come up with this money?
0: Absolutely. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah. And it's, it's that way in business too. You know, it's, uh, you know, there's a difference when you get like. I always, always use like the idea of Jaws because Steven Spielberg had said that the shark had broken down and he felt that Jaws became a better movie because they didn't see the shark that much because he couldn't use the shark because it broke. Right. And Yeah. So it was one of those things where it when you don't have things, it forces you into getting that hyper-focus and really – wanting to manifest that thing and focusing on your goal and then going out and doing things, trying new things that maybe you wouldn't have tried before if you were very comfortable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, you, you don't really get to grow as much if you're comfortable. Um, yeah. My son made the comment to me the other day that sometimes the forest has to burn to the ground before you can grow.
1: Yeah. And, and it's true. That's, it's, it is. It's true. That's how they deforest things and
0: they set the line and all that. Yeah. yeah so Rebirth. It, <laughs> yeah, I I I, didn't, I I don't enjoy being in the middle of the forest fire. <laughs>
1: Nobody does, but, you know, sometimes, you know, as Oprah says, first there's that little, like, tea, a little pebble, and then there's, like, the bigger stone, and then there's a brick, and then it's like you know, everything
0: kind of falls down. Absolutely. So <laughs> um, so how do you use theater to help people? So what After, I found... Fa- wait a second, before you answer that... <laughs> I'm sorry. We're supposed to take a break, so we'll take a few moments break, so hang on here, and then we'll be right back. Our guest today is Joy Passy, and I really look forward to continuing our conversation in just a moment. Welcome back to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, your host, and our guest today is Joy Passy, who's the Rebel Business Coach and founder of Joy Prosperity Coaching from New York City. Is, is that where you live in? Is You actually live in New York City?
1: Georgia? In the heart of it, yes. In the heart of it. <laughs> all the tourists. <laughs>
0: you are a brave woman. <laughs> so just out of curiosity, do you drive?
1: No, no, it's very expensive to have a car here. And it's, it's ridiculous to try and drive. Yeah, it's the subway is so much easier. Or, you know, it's interesting. When I first moved to New York, I would notice that people would only live within like a four block distance from where they live. Uh-huh. Yes. And it is so true. Like you end up most of like my life ends up being in like one small area because I live in Midtown. So a lot of people were like all the offices, executives and all the but it's true, like, you tend to live your life in, like, one little small section. So then it's like, oh, let's venture out and go to Soho or something. <laughs> exactly.
0: I'm having issues today with my dog. Oh. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Sorry, she's not usually this bad. Oh, well, I didn't hear her, so. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> okay, so, um, so. How do you use theater with people to help them?
1: Yeah, so I had discovered that all people, that I work mainly with entrepreneurs, that uh, they tend to get caught up in their own stuff that's in their heads and they can only see like this part, you know? And so what I started to do do was say, hey, so who's somebody that you admire in your business? And then I realized, let's let's make you a playwright. You're a playwright. Now you're going to create a character who is your ideal person in your business. And so then they, you know, they come up with a name and they come up with like what their schedules like. And then we're like, well, what do they think about when they are uh, on a high on a success? What, are, what do they say to themselves when, they're, uh, when they've had a failure? What do they say to how they communicate with their team? And how do they feel in the morning? And so we started looking at what that successful person, that character that we created, and Mm -hmm. how that person thinks and feels and behaves in certain situations. So then we were able to look at what they think, feel, and behave in certain situations. It's like, well, what do we need to do to go from here to here? Uh And once they're able to see, oh, this is the ideal, and then in those moments when they're having those like everybody hates me kind of moments, it's like, okay, well, let's step into these, these shoes. Let's pretend you're this person. How can you, and then it just automatically switches that mindset. So once do you identify, oh, I feel this way. Oh, I could think this way. And then it just, it completely transforms their ability to take action or move forward or not dwell in the negative or, you know, to be there, what I call your greater self. Uh-huh. Uh, it's almost like the, what Christians do with the, what would Jesus do? Oh it's yeah. It's like, well, what, would, what would, whatever that character would do. You know, what would an Oprah do? Or what would a Richard Branson do in this situation? What, you know, and like, let's step into that. So, and I also found that a lot of people like to do the role playing. So it's like, oh, let's, you know, let's put on, and also we're always like characters, you know, we're always, you know, different. We're ourselves, but we're different um, from the prism or different perspectives when we go to a networking event or we're with our family or if we're just home alone or something like that. There's different, uh, I'm going to say, uh, edges to ourselves. So that is just like the better self, the greater self. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, and even like putting on like a certain jacket and, and then like, like how does somebody walk? You know, they've done research about the whole wonder woman dance before going into an interview or doing a, um, a lecture or something like that. Like, you know, how does a, a successful person walk? Do they walk in thinking nobody likes me or they walk in like, Hey everybody, let's have a great day. Right. You know, do they wake up in the morning, know what they're going to do or waking up saying, hey, I am so blessed. I am like, this is a great day. Or they wake up going, oh my God, I have so much. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so it just completely makes that shift much easier than having to reinvent it every morning and every morning. And you can have it visually and you can do a vision board and kind of create this life. And then that's how, that's the first step. And if you ever if you study law of attraction, is understanding, you know, the vibration of that is much different than
0: the vibration of negativity. Absolutely. Yes. Because even just, you know, you feel different when you're dressed and ready to ha- go into a business meeting where you are planning to be very successful versus being in your pajamas or in your grubbies getting ready to go paint a wall. You know, yeah. you feel differently depending on what you're wearing. So um, I really like that, idea that you have of coming up with a, a person that, that you uh, admire and that would be successful and then kind of fitting yourself into that. That's, I think that's a brilliant approach.
1: Yeah. And you're able to reverse engineer. Like, who do you have to, you know, how do you have to start thinking? How do you start behaving? How do you want to feel? And, uh, and does your values align with what this is? You right. Know, what are some of the changes that you have to make? And then you could come up with, with effective strategies. Right. To get
0: there. Yeah. Yeah, it fits in with the success principle, act as if. Yeah, so, very much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <wonderful>. <laughs> so um, how does confidence help with being resilient?
1: Oh, well, you know, you have to have confidence in yourself to be able to get through all those, like what, I mean, I had to have some self-confidence when I was at school. You know, the thing that got me through was that I, I knew I was smart. I knew I could read a book and I could take a test. And so there has to have some level of, Confidence in just being able to get up and to move on, and and to know that there could be a, a better self, and you do that by understanding what you're telling yourself. You know, if you're always looking at this is you know for me, or you can look at it as, hey, I have a new opportunity. So mm-hmm. confidence is a key issue, and just you can just build that one little muscle that it just will keep you
0: going. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, wonderful. Um, so. How does self awareness play play a role in resilience? I mean, how that that doesn't, you know. We think of resilience as being um, something that you actively do, mm-hmm. and so, so it's like being in constant movement toward trying to accomplish your goal. But how would self awareness, which is yeah. that's not an active thing? I mean, I'm well, not doing it something.
1: It, it actually it is because it does, because most of us, I find a lot of people, and I've done this myself, you just go along, you know, everything kind of just life just kind of happens to you and then you react to it and you're not really looking at, oh, what am I telling myself in this situation? Oh, okay. Am I assuming something? Because we make assumptions all the time. Oh, that person looked at me that way. Oh, I think I did. Oh, maybe they're mad. Oh, maybe... A, and, you know, maybe they're just tired. <laughs> right. Maybe that's just their resting face. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so we as people make a lot of assumptions. And, uh, you know, we assume that person's not going to want to talk to us if we go to that event. Oh, who am I? You know, so understanding and being aware. And you can't change anything unless you're aware of the issue. So right. understanding that, oh, in this situation, I am feeling really tense. Why am I feeling so tense? You know, it was like, Oh, I just feel like, you know, maybe I'm just really uncomfortable or I don't know anybody. And so it's that change of perspective of like, okay, I have something, I have something valuable to add. You know what? It's okay. Just being, you know, as opposed to, you know, telling yourself, Oh God, why did I do that? Oh, this is another mistake that I did. So, and you can't understand, you know, that's where the self-awareness is and it is quite active. And, we tend to not really know what we're telling ourselves. We're just kind of going on rote through life and -hmm. thinking that we have no power. And once you realize that you have power to, um, you might not have power to change a certain circumstance at that moment, but you have the power of how you're going to react to it. Yes. Uh, even there were stories that, of people who were in concentration camps with the Nazis. And then some of them would talk about how they would see the beauty in this, this uh, fish soup, you know, they would look at the fish in this bowl and they would look at how beautiful it was and how thankful they were for it. And right. that was like, kind of like what got them through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like really, you know, understanding. I remember this one time I had a falling out with my, one of my business associates and she was just going on and on and on and she was just, you know, very verbally abusive. And it finally occurred to me that I didn't have to put up with it. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, I I could walk out. And once I realized that I had that power, like everything just shifted. And then she stopped verbally abusing me. Uh-huh. So I think it's like once you realize that you have the power and but you don't realize it until until you have that self awareness of like, oh I do have power. Okay. Uh, And how can I? You have the power to how you're going to perceive it. The power how you're going to react to something. Okay, this thing is this thing is triggering me. I can feel that this person is angering me. Why why am I so upset about this? Oh, I assume he's like talking down to me, or I assume she's she's you know making some like belittling remark or something. Well, I could either you know have an attitude and give it back to them, or I could be like, hey, you know, this is how I'm hearing it, and we can have a discussion about it. Right. So you could be reactive or you could be proactive and try and open it up to a discussion. Right. And maybe they are bu- belittling you. But you know what? It's one of the things that Michelle Obama would say when they go low, we go high. Yes. You, have, you have the choice of how you're going to react to things. And once people re- fully realize that they do have power in every situation, in some, in some level in the situation, that, that's, that's where it also builds confidence.
0: Right. So it, it actually is, uh, rather than being an external kind of an action, it's an internal. Mm-hmm. thing. Yes. So it's um, being aware of our motivation is yeah. really important as well. I found that um, in, uh, in the event where my life imploded and I was being accused of doing things that I would actually sit back and I would go, OK, what is my motivation here? And am I really doing that? And um, it really it gives you a completely different perspective on yourself and helps you also live in a much greater uh, area of integrity within yourself. Because if all of a sudden you discover, oh, wow, I really am doing this out of integrity. I really am trying to manipulate this person and get this kind of response from them. Then you can say, is that the kind of person that I want to be? And so designing who we want to be fits in with who would this character that you've had them create in their mind? How would that character behave? And then doing the self-awareness of looking inside and determining your own uh, motivation and why are you doing something? And what are you you trying to get out of it? Are you trying to manipulate or are you trying to um, appear the victim or be Mm -hmm. the victim even? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those things are all really very important. And a lot of us don't spend the time to look inwardly like that. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like what you're saying is that um, self-awareness and resilience go hand in hand because it's a way of recreating yourself to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, and we have the power to recreate ourselves. I think that's one of the things when you understand that you have the power to be whoever you want to be. And uh, it's not, you know, the world isn't putting all the stuff on you that, you know, you have the power to get out of a certain situation. And then once you realize, also identifying what your values are, yes. uh, you know, if you, you know, I've also learned that um, entrepreneurs tend to value freedom more than security, where corporate people tend to value security more than freedom. So understanding what your values are, understanding that there's other possibilities and, uh, you know, you just have to look for them. Uh, that's one of the things I didn't really realize because, you know, growing up I was like, oh, I don't see anything else. It's just this. It's like I, now I would say like, well, who are you asking? Who? What is it that you want? What are the things that you're, you know, you're doing to, you know, are you actually asking? Because I wasn't really asking around a lot when I was like trying to find a better job or something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. I was one of those people that didn't ask for help very much, you know, <laughs> didn't tell anybody what I wanted to
0: manifest, you know. Yeah, if we don't, uh, there's so much shame around that, Uh, Mm um, having to, we look at having to ask as meaning that we are less than, Yeah, I think that that's, uh, really, it's an unfortunate tendency in our culture to not ask because, because of the shame, the incredible shame that Mm -hmm. we carry within ourselves, which is, um, supported unfortunately by our society Mm -hmm. but if we are able to I love Brene Brown's work where it talks about all of the emotions especially shame and to be able to just get out of the shame and the stories that we tell ourselves in our heads it was we just we tell ourselves the most horrific things about ourselves we say things to ourselves that we wouldn't put up Mm -hmm. with from anybody else. Yeah. And, you know, any, anything like it if someone else were to say to me what I say to me, they would be abusive. Yeah. And yet... Re- I know. It's, it's <laughs> shocking how poorly we
1: treat ourselves. And that was another thing. Like, you know, if you don't realize what's the story that you tell yourself, you know, you're not going to be able to um, change at all. Cause you're not going to be able to... Because that's the first thing. You have, to tell, you have to tell a different story. You know? Right. If you don't like where you're at, what's the story
0: you want? You know? Right. Yeah. So how does, how does, um, uh, how do you tell, how do you stutter? I stutter a lot apparently today. <laughs> so how do you change the story that you tell yourself? How how can you change that if you're not aware, first of all, that you're telling yourself stories? How yeah, you...
1: well, first you have to, well, first you have to be aware of whatever it is, the story that you're, that you're telling yourself, uh, this is where uh, uh, having a coach comes in handy because the coach will pick up certain things, you know, and people tend to repeat certain words. Oh, I noticed that you said this, or I noticed that. So as an example, here's an example. I had a client who was, had generational fear of water of swimming. Um, Her mom like gave her, you know, like was afraid of water. And then she realized through our conversation that she was, you know, that that's where she got it from. Uh-huh. And, uh, and she remembers she had this experience of this wave crashing down and she almost drowned. And she was like, she really wanted to learn how to swim. Cause her, her fiance had a boat and he wanted to take her out. And, but she was just like, kept struggling and struggling for like years or a decade. well, actually she was, yeah, it's for like decades of trying to like wanting to swim, but just couldn't get herself to, she would just drive by the pool. <laughs> uh, So we worked on changing the story because to me, I was like, you're not a victim. You're still here. You're a victor, you know? So it's like, go back and like do it from the perspective. And this is where the creative writing comes in. I'm like, cause she was a writer. I'm like, you're going to have this character and she faces this wave, that she comes out triumphant. And so that was like the changing the the story, the plot. Well, it wasn't changing the plot. This is changing the perspective. Mm-hmm. And when she did that, it was like, you know, that was the one little thing that when she started telling that story of like this child who was, you know, this ferocious wave came down, but she triumphed over it. And she was able to carry that forward to now she's snorkeling and scuba diving. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. But she, 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 she got, when she told me, I was like, what? I had to take it. So it's just that one little thing of like, you know, you're not a victim here. You know, you have the power, you have the power, you have the courage, you're still here, it's in you. You know, you just have to change that story around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I really appreciate that example. It reminded me of a gentleman that I knew years ago that we were at a really luxury hotel and it had a beautiful pool in it. And he wanted, he, he would sit on the edge of the pool and dip his feet in, but he wouldn't go swimming. And so I had a conversation with him and I said, why won't you get in? Why won't you go swimming? And he talked about being afraid of the water, but he didn't know why. And so I did some work with him and we discovered that when he was a child and he would go swimming with the family all the time, he had um, an uncle who was an adult who would hold him under the water. And, um, and so that was, he couldn't, he couldn't access that, but his story that he told himself was water is dangerous. Don't go in the water. And so we had worked through that and it didn't take very long. I only worked with him for like 20 minutes and I came back, walked past the pool later on in the afternoon and he was out in the deepest end, having the time of his life. So those stories that we tell ourselves, if we're able to make the shift in our head, that shift alone can change things really rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So um, how did you start discovering about the story within? Is that something that came from your, yeah, I
1: think, yeah, I think it was just, uh, you know, I was, I've been back to school for creative writing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So just, I mean, when she, I remember her particularly that when she told me the story, I was like, how are you a victim? You're still here. (laughs) Uh You know, that was like so evident to me. Uh, so that's one of the things where I feel like when you just talk to somebody and it's like, wait, that's not what I hear. They're not saying this. I, what I hear is, you uh. know, uh, but even just like when you go to a movie with somebody, you know, you go you see the same exact movie and everybody walks out with different perspectives. Absolutely. And it's also understanding that we all think differently. We all have different life experiences. Mm-hmm. So if I say the word apple, Somebody, is are going to think like I had apple trees when I was a kid, so I think apple trees. Somebody's going to think, oh, I like green apples. Somebody's going to think, oh, a sour apple, you know, lip gloss. Somebody else is going to think, oh, you know, apple uh, technology or something. Right. Well, maybe yeah. they, you know, they remember holding up their iPhone at a concert. So oh. we all have different neural pathways, and and which can be reprogrammed, and that tell the stories that we have. And you know, thoughts are just, uh, you know, beliefs are just thoughts that we keep telling ourselves
0: yes we
1: can change our thinking okay. yeah absolutely because
0: the more often you think a thought it's like a, a path in a forest if, mm-hmm. if you walk down a path or create a new path and you walk down it once and you turn around and look at it it doesn't leave much of a mark you don't get to see much of anything but mm-hmm. if you keep going down the same path every single day it's going to create a, a deeper rut in And the same thing happens with our neural pathways. I mean, we can have a thought flit across our brain and it's not going to make any kind of marking or any kind of pattern. It's just something that just flits through the neurons. But if we keep thinking it and keep thinking it and keep thinking it, we strengthen that neuron so that that's who we begin to believe that we are. Because you're absolutely correct. Our beliefs are just the thoughts that we think. So, and also
1: I think, you know, cause there are some people who grew up in very abusive homes and maybe, and you know, and feel unloved and grew up feeling unloved. And so there, there are, there are situations where, you know, they were in a difficult situation. Uh-huh. So how do you, how do you change that? Because, you know, maybe they were, you know, really were in a really difficult situations. So that's where it's important to like, okay, Maybe that was your past. Well, how do you want to create your future? That was in the past. You know, you could let that, you know, you could, one, you can use it and, and, and have you become this person who overcame it, uh-huh. the victor. Right. Uh, so you can't go back and change. You can't change your parents. You can't, you know, whatever the situation was. So how can you utilize it? And how can you, you know, make yourself into this person who's overcome it, who's been empowered by it? You know, a lot of, um, you know, chaos bring can bring clarity because you know what you don't want. You know what right. you do want. Yep. And then, you know, how can you use this bad situation and really come out? I mean, if you look at like, um, I always like looking at what Martha Luther King Jr. had uh-huh. talked about. It's, um, you know, taking that moment of all of the Rosa Parks and taking all of this, you know, hatred and the whole thing that was going on with racism and really... Using the anger about it to force you into action and and forcing you know having a new story, having this new story of you know we are we are empowered I mean look at all the action that's going on now in the political field. more mm-hmm. women are stepping up and and uh, taking political positions and political roles, and more minorities are are running for office so it's a lot of this like you know all this gook it can come out and have this really great, new shiny diamond uh, outcome. Exactly. So I think it's like seeing it as a, as a lesson and like, instead of being defeated by it, how could we create something that's a new story?
0: Absolutely, exactly. and, and that goes back to where you had talked about all of the experiences that you had had as a young person with um, the different kinds of jobs and businesses and, and things and how that has come to where you are in your life, right now as Mm -hmm. being something that has ended up being a valuable thing which I imagine that all of the lessons that you learned back there not every single one of them were joyful pleasant and wonderful so yeah uh, yeah so um uh, I've written my book called suffering is optional step out of darkness into the light because um I had one of those childhoods that you described Mm -hmm. and uh you can you can either sit and go you know this is the life I was dealt and my life is miserable and I'm going to, you know, become an addict because it's the only way I can deal with the pain or you can make choices to um, have a very different kind of life because the one thing that we have that is um, essential in anything that we do, the resilience, optimism, accountability, or resourcefulness is choice. Mm -hmm. And, that, that can't be taken away from us. Even if we are in prison camps like Viktor Frankl was, he still had a choice as to look at that bowl of soup and see that beautiful fish, which makes me shudder. But yes, <laughs> if you're able to, to um, change the way you look at the world, it makes a tremendous difference. So um, what is your free gift that you have for our listeners? Oh, so
1: yeah, in the free gift, it's called the Success Accelerator Workbook. Because uh, I believe in taking action. I don't believe in just reading about something like, oh, that's nice. So it's a workbook. <laughs> so it has a list of like values that you can look at. It has days and times where, uh, you know, in this situation, I feel. And then you can put in the feelings and stuff. So it really so it helps you identify, like we talked about, with the becoming self-aware. Uh, it also talks about creating boundaries. If I say yes to this, it means I'm saying no to this. If I say yes to one more PTA meeting or something, uh, I'm saying no to more sleep or whatever it is in your life I'm saying yes to that, you know, relative that keeps wanting me to do stuff for them, but I don't want to. And then what am I saying? I'm saying no to myself. Uh, so it has certain exercises in it that it's easy to go through and um, that will actually like help you with something as opposed to just, I just, you know, so many times I've read things and I'm like, Oh, nice thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. Next. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So I always like doing workbooks yeah that's really a good idea because yeah it is i'll i'll do that later so yeah. do you yeah. have any um any ways of having the people actually do the workbook is there some sort of encouragement or
1: well i've always having different programs you know people could always uh go to my website i have different programs there so yeah there's always new ones coming up i have ones that help with implementation and um and then ones like VIP days and things like that to help people put things into action. Because that's, where that's where the real coaching comes in. It's not just giving the information because there's free content everywhere. But it's finding somebody that you connect with, finding somebody that you feel understands you, has the same values, and finding somebody who uh, can help you implement and make those changes. That's, you know, it's amazing. I'm always amazed at uh, how coaching, how effective coaching is. And because one of my first clients, uh, I helped to find the love of her life. And it was like, I wasn't a relationship coach or anything, but we got very clear of what it is that she wanted in her life. And she kept showing up talking about all these people who are annoying her. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what is it that you value? Like, why are these people in your life? And then once she cleared the clutter of all these toxic people, she was able to find the person that, you know, she fell in love with. So it's just, you know, and it wasn't, and it didn't take a long time, you know, and that's a lot of the times it's like you just, but you can't do anything unless you show up and you really want to work on something. So I always have programs. My website is uh, www.joyprosperitycoaching.com. So there's a whole, you know, you can always get a hold of me there.
0: Okay, wonderful. Um, so any last thoughts?
1: Oh, you know, even a turtle has to stick its neck out to finish the cross finish the race, you know, and turtle the hair. It's not necessarily always the fastest. It's just showing up and keep pursuing. And that's what resiliency is about. So you have to do a little step and get out of your comfort zone. And for some people, I know that's extremely difficult that uh-huh. you can do it. Yes. Especially but, if you have somebody who's holds you accountable like
0: coaching. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I agree. It's um, a lot of people think that that coaching is, you know, you have to be like sick or something in order to start doing that. But anybody who wants to, as you had said, we're so close to our stuff, that we can't see past anything. Mm -hmm. So it really does help to have that outside perspective so that somebody can say, did you think of this? Did you think of that? And oh, by the way, did you know you're doing this? <laughs>
1: so, well, yeah. it's so life changing. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's like people are like, oh, they always talk about the money issue. I'm like, well, what's it been costing you up until now? You know, especially yeah. for I, I do business coaching mainly, but I work on a holistic perspective. I don't do just business. Some business coaches just focus. They don't want anything to do with the with the whole person they don't want anything to do with the relationship but you know if your relationship you're going through a divorce or you're drinking all the time or something like that you have to look at like some of the other issues that are going on because uh, it's going to affect your business
0: absolutely so. i mean we can't compartmentalize ourselves
1: yeah. it, it leaks out somewhere your vice <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: absolutely well, thank you very much, Joy. I really appreciate that you have joined us today. And would you please give us your website again so that people can know how to find you? Yeah, it's
1: joyprosperitycoaching.com. Joy Passy, the Rebel Business Coach from New York City.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joy. And oh, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. This like the quickest hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so this is Michelle Nagel with um, Women Who Roar, uh, well, actually, Roar to Win. I also have a program, Women Who Roar Win. Um, And so it's really wonderful. Um, I'm so grateful that we had Joy join us today and take really some serious consideration into the brilliant insights that she's given you. She's given you some gifts today, just in the things that she's talked about that can really make a difference and change in your life. So thank you very much and we will talk to you again. Bye, Joy. Bye. Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness, roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of E-Women Network. We invite you to listen to all of our
1: EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastNetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.